Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, I just listened to my first episode of Lords of Limited in quite some time, which was the roundtable that you hosted that I was not a part of. Yeah, that was a, a fun thing to do. We did that on my stream, uh, threw that up as our bonus episode for December. It was great to get to pick everybody's brains. And I I mean, I sort of figured that there wasn't going to be a lot of agreement or that we would you know, so, sort of all be doing our, our own things. But I, I wasn't quite expecting it to be to the extent that it was like just totally different experiences and preferences or not preferences leading to people's success in the format. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm only about 15 minutes in, but I just want to throw out there too. You are a phenomenal host. And I think sometimes I take it for granted because I just get to play off of you. But you really do a great job of making everyone feel welcome and comfortable. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was fun to get to do that. I was very like excited to take the undertaking of let's see what happens when you host five people on a podcast and shout out to all five of our guests who just really brought it and like were patient and took their turns and let other, other people speak. That was my my big fear was we were all going to be talking over each other and that did not end up being the case. So that, that was a, a big win, I think. It's because you're a fantastic host. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take the compliments all day, buddy. Someone was suggesting that I should be on there. That was the trophy leaderboard roundtable. And I am nowhere <laughs> near the top of the trophy leaderboard, unfortunately. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what can you do? What can you do? You got you get a full time gig elsewhere, buddy. And still just trucking through best of one. So now that the season is reset, I have to ask, are you back to being best of one Ben again? I assume so. Yes. I think that is my default. Wow. Just keep going back for more bludgeonings. All right, fine. What, what can you do? I love best of three. May, may I recommend best of three to all of our fine listeners? I enjoyed my foray into best of three. I just like having external motivation. See, you're intrinsically satisfied with your Magic of the Gathering prowess. I need external ratings to validate <laughs> myself. <laughs> I just like watching my gem count go up. That's my that's like it's like the poker player in me. I think that I'm just like, oh, yeah, game in the system, stockpiling my gems or whatever. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what motivates me. All right. And speaking of motivation today, we're talking about the team draft of Crimson Vow versus team resources. So that's Marshall Lewis and Andrew Beckstrom. And I'm very motivated to get our win rate up, though our win rate is not that bad. We're, we're, when you look at the gains, we're only down by a few games, but matches have really swung uh, team resources way. And we're going to be debriefing our Crimson Vow draft, talk about you know the drafts, look at the decks from all six players, talk about the flow of the draft and all that good stuff and see, uh, see what maybe we could have done differently, though. I'm actually pretty happy with where we all ended up. Uh, to be honest, but we'll, we'll see how the listeners at home feel. A few things to take care of before we dive into that. First things first is the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited. It's where you can go to give back to the show if you so choose. The show, of course, will always be free. We have some perks along the way and some perks that we are going to be updating come next week. So we're announcing our Patreon reward tier updates. We sort of teased these a little bit last week. First things first, want to remind everybody that you're still going to have access to the Discord. The Discord is great. Everybody at the base level and up is going to have access to the Discord. We don't want to take that away from anybody, but we're going to be adding some perks as you move up the ranks. First things is the Soldier of Limited tier. That's the $2 an episode tier. We'll now have access to the podcast a day early. We usually record Sundays. I edit on Sundays, and then we post on Mondays because we want to be consistent there, but we're going to post it a day early, ad-free via the Patreon feed. So most weeks, you know, sometimes maybe I won't be able to do it, but most weeks I do get that episode done on Sundays, and now you're you're going to have it in your earbuds on Sundays early as well. In addition to that, the Warrior of Limited tier will also have access to more content. That's the $3 an episode pledge on Patreon. So we're going to be posting some additional content to the Patreon feed at least two to three times a month. So stuff like a draft log review, a what's the play, maybe a sideboard guide for limited, just basically short 15, 20 minute pieces of digestible content, either audio or video for Patreon listeners. Yeah, uh, we're going to do some other sweet perks. I think we're going to be planning a little holiday party for our hero tier patrons uh, around the holidays in the coming weeks. So we're just looking at revamping some stuff in the Patreon. And we want to hear back from you. You know, if you have additional ideas about what you'd like to see as a patron or something that might incentivize you to become a patron, um, we're definitely all ears. So very excited about the changes over at Patreon. And of course, I would be remiss, Ben, if I did not welcome our new patrons to the fold this week. So we're welcoming Josh and Thomas. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. And it sounds very suspicious that the week that we only have two new patrons, <laughs> <laughs> we're revamping the Patreon reward tier. But we're actually recording this on Wednesday, which is why folks haven't had a chance to sign up the Patreon as per usual. Or maybe just we're not cool anymore. Who knows? It's very, very possible. You know, we're, we're washed up old boomers. The show is also brought to you by Channel Fireball, channelfireball.com. Best place to go for everything you need Magic the Gathering related. There's some sweet stuff going on over at Channel Fireball. 
First up is the Alpha Break. So they're cracking two starters of Alpha as a charity break in aid of Acres of Diamonds. The details, if you're not familiar with box breaks, there's 120 cards between these two booster boxes from Alpha, and you can get one of those cards for yourself for $999 a card. Now, you don't know what it's going to be. Might be a basic land, might be that Black Lotus that they open. And every penny earned from those pledges goes to Acres of Diamonds, which is a charity that helps homeless women and children. In addition to that, it's the holiday season, and CFB, I'm sure, is running a lot of holiday deals. We've got Crimson Vow out, so if you want to treat yourself or some friends and family to magic gifts, head over to the new Channel Fireball Marketplace and use code LOL, all caps, when you do, to let them know that we sent you over there. All right, Ben, let's dive into these six drafts. So to just quickly, as we've been starting to make this a staple of the Lords of Limited routine as we do these team drafts against team resources and then debrief them on the podcast, but if you haven't watch these or listen to these before you're not familiar with what a team draft is a team draft is a three versus three competition um so when you draft it's only six people at the table and you sit in alternating order of your team so you know it's me ben and alex on team lords and cord and lsv marshall and bk on team resources and we sit between each other so the flow of this draft was lsv passing to me to bk to alex to marshall to ben back to LSV. And then once you're done, you play with your decks, but you could sort of convene with your team about, hey, did you pass this card? Or did you see this? You try to put the opposing team on, you know, what colors or decks they might be in. And then once, of course, you play, you can then tell your teammate, hey, I saw this card from LSV or whatever. And then uh, everybody plays each person on the opposing team. That's nine total matches. So first to five match wins, wins the draft. Anything I missed there, Ben? That sounds like a good rundown. You ready to hop into LSV's draft? Let's do it. All right. So pack one, pick one. LSV sees the following cards as options. Commons, there's a traveling minister. And I think that is the best common and the only one I would consider out of the commons. You would say that. It's my boy. Big traveling minister lover. Yeah. No, but I agree. I agree. Moving on to the uncommons. There's rending flame. Two and a red for the instant. Deals five damage to target creature planeswalker. If that permits a spirit, it deals two damage to that permanence controller. There's also Angelic Quartermaster, three white, white for a three, three flyer. When it ETBs, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two other target creatures. And then Bingo, Bango, Bongo, good rare. Catilda, Dawnheart Martyr, one white, white for a star, star, flying lifelink protection from vampires. Catilda, Dawnheart Martyr's power and toughness are each equal to the number of permanents you control that are spirits and or enchantments. And then it's got Disturb to attach itself as an aura to give the creature that it's enchanting those same abilities. I, I was just curious, and so that while you were reading off the cards, I was like, I wonder what has a better like 17 lands win rate between Katilda and Angelic Quartermaster. And it's Katilda's just, like one of the top five cards in the set. It's not even close to close. I didn't realize that. I mean, I know it's a good card, but I didn't think it was that insane. Yeah, I Katilda's guess just insane. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess Lifelink is just broken. Flying and Lifelink, good and limited. Ever heard of it? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, you know, LSV slams Katilda here. It is slightly awkward in the context of team draft that he's passing Quartermaster, Heron of Hope, Traveling Minister, and Kindly Ancestor while taking a white card. But I don't think he's supposed to like take Rending Flame and then pass Katilda, right? You just can't pass Katilda. Right, and it's awkward. Like I face a similar pick. Like there are some team draft implications here, right? Because mm -hmm. LSV is running the risk of by taking Katilda here, he's shipping Angelic Quartermaster and Rending Flame and he's passing to you so if you take rending flame and then the next person which is his teammate bk takes the angelic quartermaster he's potentially hook cutting his own teammate mm -hmm. which is not ideal but that's like a kind of overarching consideration that would be a tiebreaker type thing and i think katilda is too powerful here to take anything else so i still like lsv's katilda pick but it's something to be aware of yeah, for sure. But he can't just like take Rending Flame and pass Katilda to me. I don't think he could go back to his teammates and be like, well, I passed Katilda. Like, it's that's a tough spot to be in. Right. I agree completely. All right. So with this awesome rare in his pile, what does he see at pick two? Pick two, there's several options. There's Sigarda's Imprisonment at Common. It's two and a white for the aura. Enchanted Creature can't attack or block. And you can pay four and a white to exile Enchanted Creature and make a blood token. Mm-hmm. There's a Flame Blessed Bolt. Red, instant, deals two damage to target creature, a Planeswalker, and then exile it. There's a bleed dry, lots of primo commons here. Two black black instant target creature gets minus 13, minus 13 until EOT. And if it would die this turn, exile it instead. And then some good uncommons as well. There's resistance squad, two and a white for the three, two. And ETBs, if you control another human, you draw a card. And also a fell stinger, two black, three, two death touch exploit. Whenever it exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. This is so interesting because both, there's a few picks in this draft 
from a number of different players that I'm like, I don't even know what I would do if this wasn't a team draft. And with the layers of team <laughs> drafts on it makes it super complicated because this is one where, you know, best card in the pack for my money, I think is Felstinger here. Would you agree with that? It's close for me with Bleed Dry. Um, so so those are great. And then I think, you know, Bleed Dry versus Flame Bless Bolt. We've we've hashed that out before. We don't need to hash it out again. But with LSV having Katilda and being so incentivized to want to play white, the Sigarda's Imprisonment pick makes a lot of sense. Plus, like, it's not like he's cutting black if he takes Felstinger because he's passing the Bleed Dry and he really does want to play white. And so passing the white removal spell seems bad. So this seems like a, I mean, not a clear imprisonment, but I, I like taking imprisonment here. Yes, I agree. I like taking imprisonment here also if you're LSV and that's what LSV does take. And then you have to expect if you're LSV, the next three cards to go are Flame Blast, Bolt, Bleed Dry, and Felstinger. I don't think you necessarily know in what order, but mm-hmm. I would assume that has to be what happens. Yes, I think that is the case exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on to pack one, pick three with the Catilda and Sigarda's Imprisonment in your pocket. You've got the following cards as options. Traveling Minister is back. <laughs> and I think really that's the only card in consideration, honestly. Like the rare is Cultivator Colossus for GGG for a Star Star Trample. Power and toughness equal to number of lands you control. And when it ETBs, you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you do draw a card and repeat the process... I mean, there's an ancient lumber knot. That's the green, black, gold uncommon. It's a one for each creature control with toughness greater than its power assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Just to kind of give you an idea of the texture of the pack. But I mean, if you're LSV, I think traveling minister is the best card and it matches up with the two colors you've got. Yeah, not much to talk about there. I think you said it perfectly. All right, moving on to pack one, pick four. See the following cards as options. There's nothing great here at common. Best card is probably Falcon Rest Celebrants. That's the 4-4 Menace that makes two blood tokens when it enters the battlefield. There's also a Blood Craze Socialite, three black, three, three Menace. When it ETBs, you make a blood token. And then when it attacks, you can sack a blood token to give it plus two, plus two. Uncommons, there's Markov Waltzer, two red, white for a one, three, flying haste at the beginning of combat on your turn. Up to two target creatures you control, each get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. The white cards are a Vampire Slayer and a Heron Blast Geist. So I think you're probably branching out into another color here if you're LSV. Yeah, I think I think Celebrance is enough better. Like Heron Blast Geist is good, I think, in exactly blue-white. When you can't consistently exile it to make the two one ones, which you can't usually outside of blue-white, it's a little awkward. Um, it's quite good when you can, I think, but otherwise not. And so I think it's either Celebrance here or Waltzer. And I, I like the Waltzer pick here from LSV. Um, you know, he's he's very likely to end up white. It's really hard to imagine him not ending up white at this point. And so taking a white card, even a white card that touches red, I think makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, makes sense to me. And so from there, LSV's draft is not the most interesting. So through the end of pack one, he gets very deep into white, which is exactly what you want to do. Pick five, he takes a Heron Blessed Geist over a Runebound Wolf. Pick six, takes a Griff Rider over Sigardian Paladin. Pick seven, a Kindly Ancestor as the best card in the pack, probably. Pick eight, Griffin Rider as the best card in the pack. So just like pretty easy street getting into white here for LSV. And then pack two, pick one has a pretty empty pack with no good white cards. And Mythic Rare, Olivia Crimson Bride in the pack. That's the four black red, three, four flying haste. Whenever she attacks, you can return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. And as long as you don't control a legendary vampire, you have to exile that creature. Yeah, I think this seems like a pretty straightforward, you know, if you were in a normal draft, you wouldn't worry about hating Crimson Bride. Maybe you take it because it's 40 gems or whatever. But, you know, you might take say like, hey, I'm going to take Flame Blessed Bolt because I don't have a second color yet. And so maybe I'll dip in there and see if I can be white red or whatever. But in team draft, like you just can't pass this card. Like, I don't even think this is that bomby of a bomb, but it's too good here to pass potentially to uh, one of his to to someone on the opposing team. Yeah, I completely agree. And then LSV essentially stays mono white through pack two is very, very, very deep into white. And then pack three pick one gets rewarded by opening Torin's Fist of the Angels, which is one green white for a two two training. And whenever you cast a creature spell, create a one one green and white human soldier creature token with training card was excellent against me in our matches because unfortunately i ended up with zero removal spells wah, wah. spoiler alert yeah i mean he ended up 
if you take a look at his deck and, and where you download the show, we'll have a Google Doc with all of uh, the draft logs from everybody and all of the deck picks from everybody. And if you take a look at his deck, he's effectively mono white with Torrens, a Hookhand Mariner, and a spiked Ripsaw, which was also excellent against, I think, both me and you. I don't know how it played out again against Alex, but it was really tough for me to deal with, you know, a giant flipped Hookhand Mariner wielding a Ripsaw, threatening, you know, nine points of trample, etc. Yeah, it also owned me on a kindly ancestor. I just couldn't race a giant lifelinking monster and I had no way to interact with it, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, as we're going to see, I don't know how many of these drafts, yours especially, which we've saved for last, is quite interesting. But a lot of the other drafts along the way, everyone seemed to sort of find their lane early and stay in their lane. And there wasn't, you know, a lot of rare lands were opened in our draft. We didn't have a lot of (laughs) hate drafting or, you know, pivoting pack three for bombs that we opened. It was pretty, pretty tame Crimson Vow magic across the board. Yes. All right. Let's take a look at my drafts here. I'm curious what you would end up doing. I'll I'll walk you through the picks and, and see if uh, our decisions line up here. So pack one, pick one. I sort of have a similar LSV problem where, you know, the best cards in the pack are all of one color. My commons are fairly junky. Voldaren Epicure stands out to me as well as maybe a Desperate Farmer, but no like real top commons. In the uncommon slot, Ballista Watcher stands out to me. Two red red for the 4-3. Uh, you can pay two and a red to tap it to deal a damage to any target. That's the daybound side. The nightbound side is a 5-5. Five five. You can pay two and a red to deal a damage to any target. And if that target's a creature, it can't block this turn. That card is an absolute house, one of the best uncommons in the set. But a better version at rare in Olivia's Attendance. Four red red, 6-6 six, six menace. When it deals damage, create that many blood tokens, and you can pay two in a red to deal a damage to any target. Yeah, Olivia's Attendance is absurd here. And again, like, kind of stinks that you're passing some red, but I think you slam Olivia's Attendance and don't give it a second thought. Yep, that's exactly what I did. Though I gave I gave many second thoughts. This I was very, like, coming off of the last team draft where I feel like I really botched it, I was, like, in my head a lot, I think, but also, I think for a good reason. I just kept trying to, like, check the boxes like am i passing something nutty like am i what what am i doing am i like getting deeper into a color etc i really wanted to make sure i had my own my own plan so pack one pick two we see that first pack from lsv with all the white cards right traveling minister heron of hope kindly ancestor best of the bunch being angelic quartermaster at uncommon but then as a red follow-up there's that rending flame the three mana deal five at instant speed at uncommon Yeah, so that is a slam dunk pick for you to match up with Olivia's Attendance. I think that's the best card in the pack and matches up with your first pick. So I would slam jam Rending Flame. That's interesting. So because I think if this were pack one, pick one and the rare was a land, I think I would be tempted for Quartermaster over Flame. You just think Flame is better than Quartermaster, period? I do. I really want the interaction and I think it's in a better color. And I Mm -hmm. much prefer starting off with a three drop removal spell than a curve topper in white, not knowing if I'm going to get the good aggressive creatures okay that's fair that's fair yeah this pick felt very close to me at the time and i hemmed and hawed but eventually was just like no i'm supposed to take the primo removal spell matches up with my busto rare let's go yes so so then pack one pick three again we see that very strong pack with Felstinger and bleed dry and a flame blessed bolt there's also a blood fountain in this pack which i think is worth noting just like that's obviously a distant third black card in this pack but i think worth noting as well yeah this is Yeah, this is a super interesting pick here. So I want to fire this back at you. There's a rare and a common missing. What were you thinking when you saw this pack? I was not thinking about that. (laughs) I'm just be totally honest. Like that was not I I was not thinking about that. I was just thinking about what do I take? Like, what's the best card I'm supposed to take? And am I passing something egregious? So it's interesting, right? You have to assume that LSV has taken the common out of this pack, right? Because there's no way you pack one, pick one, a common over flame blessed bolt and bleed dry well and then there's no way that you pit pack one pick one to common and then passed a rare to lsv right that was also better so yes i i agree that it makes a lot of sense that you took the rare out of this pack which you did and then you pass it to lsv and he took a common over the three uncommons right and so i think you can like assume probably that at least lsv is not starting out in black or red because he's a very good drafter and i assume he knows that flame blessed bolt and bleed dry are both great Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's some information for you here, I think, too, from the right. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know in the moment if I had the, you know, the headspace or the the mental fortitude to to think those layers deep. But that's what you should be doing in a team draft. I was just really trying to stay level one and not level myself as I did in the last draft. 
Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. But I do think it's interesting, right? Because there yeah. is, you can make some deductions. And then you can also, in team draft, as we saw last team draft, get in trouble <laughs> by making some deductions yes. that are incorrect. Right, for sure. Um, so I ended up, again, just taking the red card here, feeling bad about passing Felstinger or Bleed Dry. But this is sort of a spot where I, I can't hate a black card, right? If I take Felsinger, I'm giving BK a Bleed Dry, vice versa. Whereas if I take Bolt then at least I know a good black card is making its way to Alex if he wants it, which he did. So I just take the red card for myself and get deeper into red. Yeah, I love that pick for you. Pack one pick four is kind of weird. The red cards are Reckless Impulse and Pyre Spawn. As we saw, this is a weak pack um, from the get-go. And this was the pack that had that mythic green Cultivator Colossus. Um, I didn't feel super strongly about anything here. My thought was, if anyone can make this like mythic seven mana green card work, it's BK, <laughs> and I didn't want to give it to him. So I was just like, and maybe this means that green is open at the table because everybody knows green isn't great, or at least some subset of people thinks green isn't great. And so, you know, maybe green ends up being open and this card ends up being good for me. I don't know. No, I like this pick here. I think I would have done the same thing. Like, it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, you take Reckless Impulse, right? But when you're mm -hmm. worried about what you're passing, like, if Cultivator Colossus is good, it's going to be in team draft, right? Because the games are a little slower, the decks are a little mm -hmm. clunkier, you have more time to get to seven mana, and maybe you're the person that gets to seven mana. So I actually like this pick here. Yeah, so I took that over the Impulse. I don't know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to miss the Impulse that much, and, and I didn't. Um, so again, for me, the draft is pretty on rails through pack one. I get that Falconrath Celebrants pick five. I get a Runebound Wolf pick six, which like isn't crazy good, but like I have definitely had non-red green decks that are just base red that make good use of the Runebound Wolf and, you know, you get a handful of wolves or whatever and then sort of start to dip my toe into, okay, there's not really red cards. I take a Nebel Gas Beguiler pick seven. That's the tapper. I get a Ridge Wolf. Blood Fountain comes around. So I know I'm red, but I don't know what my second color is uh, moving into pack two. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I get a Ballista Watcher pack two pick one. Easy peasy, thrilled to open that. And then pack two, pick two, Diver Scob is what sort of pushes me down blue a little bit. And I had even sort of wished that I had taken a blue card earlier. There was a the pack one pick nine where I took the Blood Fountain. There was a Gutter Skulker in the pack, which I don't think is great, but seems a little late for that kind of card. And so I was like, well, maybe blue is a little underrated in this team draft. Because like even the Blood Fountain going late, I think it was just more um, of a, a product of it being in the pack with the Bleed Dry and the Felstinger. Yeah, I think that is true. So yeah, I took the Diver Scob, got a, a second Ballista Watcher pick three, end up pushing down red, seeing some good blue. And then the only real interesting, you know, hate draft of the pack was that I did open a Catilda pack three pick one, sort of wished that I had you know, tried to be white a little bit, though that was really impossible with LSV being to my right. Um, but I did hate it out of the pack. Wasn't passing to him. I mean, maybe it could have made it its way to you, but it's going to get hated before it makes its way to you anyway. So took that there, but ended up with what I think, I mean, dare I say, I think I had the best deck at the table. Yeah, you have a fine looking deck here. I think you've got some removal, you've got some bombs, you're very interactive, you have a good curve. I like your deck. Yeah, I did too. And uh, it played out pretty darn well. I went 2-1, losing in some pretty close games to LSV uh, for my only loss of the, the draft. So nothing super exciting. Let's see what uh, BK's always got to stew for us, Ben. What's, uh, what's going on with BK's draft? BK has a very interesting pack one pick one. It's tough. Uh, sees the following cards as options. Commons in the pack. Best common is a braid. One in a red instant. Deal three to target creature. No real other good commons to speak of. Blood Fountain might be the next best one. And then moving on to the uncommons, there's some good ones. There's a Runebound Wolf, which I think is worse than a Braid. There's Storm Chaser Drake, one in a blue for a 2-1 flyer. When it becomes the target of a spell you control, you draw a card. There's also Child of the Pack, two red-green for a 2-5. You can pay four mana to make a 2-2 green wolf creature token. And it's got Daybound. On the backside, it turns into a 5-5 with Trample that gives all your other creatures plus one, plus O. Oh. Yeah, I think... I think if this were a regular draft, I would be on Storm Chaser Drake because it's such a good engine card for both blue, white and blue, red. But I think in a team draft, I'd be inclined to take a braid as just you want interaction. Interaction is a zero sum game in team draft, as we've talked about before. Um, so I, I like picking up the primo removal spell in a braid. 
That is my instinct as well, but it's very close. And like, yeah, no criticism here of BK's pick of Storm Chaser Drake at all. No, not at all. And worth noting, the rare is a Voldaran estate, so not even in consideration. Yeah. All right. So BK snaps up the Storm Chaser Drake. Moving on to pack one, pick two. You see the following cards as options. There's no real commons in contention. Best one, depending on your preferences. There's like a Voldaran Epicure. There's a Desperate Farmer. There's a Griff Rider, but nothing really standing out. The rare is missing. Moving on to the uncommons, there's the Ballista Watcher that you pass to BK. There's an Undead Butler, one in a black for the 1-2. When it ETBs, you mill 3, and when it dies, you can exile it. If you do, you return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And there's a Sigardian Paladin. That's the green-white-gold uncommon. Yeah, I mean, as I, I was sort of like comparing this to the Olivia's Attendance, like the Ballista Watcher, I think, is primo-primo. And I would snap it up here, especially because like, you know, some consideration to, well, probably the next person takes a braid and so you get to like maybe potentially hook cut them by taking Watcher and then moving into red. I am surprised to see BK take the Undead Butler here. Yeah, I am also surprised to see BK take the Undead Butler here. If I were in BK's seat, I would take the Ballista Watcher and I think I would question this pick a little bit, especially after passing a braid. I mean, but uh, spoiler, it works out. It works out in spades for him. <laughs> yes, it does. Moving on to pack one, pick three after taking Storm Chaser Drake and Undead Butler. You see the following cards as options. There's Traveling Minister, and I think that is the best common. And then Uncommons, the best uncommon, also white, Angelic Quartermaster. That's the 3-3 three, three flyer that puts plus plus one counter on two other creatures. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I was thinking about taking the Quartermaster over the removal spell being in red. I think Quartermaster is really, really strong, and I think it's the best card in this pack by a pretty wide margin. I agree, and so does BK, and he took the Angelic Quartermaster here. So now got a blue card, a black card, and a white card. Heading into pack one, pick four, he sees that pack with the bleed dry and the fell stinger floating around. And those are the only two cards in consideration. Yeah. And he lands on the fell stinger, which makes a lot of sense given that he has the undead butler, right? That's a really good two, three curve out. Yes. Very strong. And I agree with the fell stinger pick there over bleed dry. I think, especially given the undead butler being the tipping point. Yeah. Moving on to pack one, pick five. There's no great options here for BK. Best card in the pack, I think, is the Ancient Lumberknot. That's two black green for the one four. Each creature assigns damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. There's Rot Tide Gargantua if you want to stay black as the best black card. There's Repository Scob if you maybe want to push into a potential blue-black exploit deck, which would make sense because you have the Storm Chaser Drake already. What do you like here? Yeah, I don't feel particularly strongly. I think, you know, given that he's got two black cards, I think my preference would be to take Rot Tide Gargantua just to get deeper into black or maybe even spec on the lumber knot because it is pick five. I, I also don't hate the pick that he ends up on, which is repository scob. Like these are all pretty close and it's not like, you know, you take one thing, you're passing something nuts. Like this is all sort of, you know, pretty even keel picks in this pack. Yeah, I think either Lumberknot or Scob is fine. BK settles on the Scob. I'd be inclined to take Lumberknot, I think. I think the ceiling is higher there and you're probably not going to miss a repository Scob, but BK lands on the Scob. Mm -hmm. Pick six. Uh, just kind of solidifies himself into blue with a cruel witness over a blood crazed socialite into a wretched throng over a binding geist and no other cards in the pack wheels a wanderlight spirit siphon essence and just gets really deep into blue at the end of pack one so it's primarily blue and has that undead butler and Felstinger. Yeah. And then pack two, he's presented with like three pretty spicy options. He's got Bioloom Egg at Uncommon, the three mana 04 Defender, ETB Scry 2. When you sack it, return it to the battlefield, transformed as a 4 4 at the beginning of the next add and step that you can uh, sacrifice two islands to make unblockable until end of turn. He's also got Diver Scob. That's the five mana 3 5 with Exploit. When it exploits a creature, target creature's owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library. And as rare as Falconrath Forebear, two and a black, three one flyer that can't block. When it deals combat damage to a player, you make a blood token and you can pay black sack two blood tokens to return it to the battlefield from the graveyard. Yeah, that's a tough pick. I think Biolumeg matches up best with what you have, but I think the rare is just too powerful to pass here. If that gets unopposed, it's just going to single-handedly win the game. I wonder if... Because he ends up, spoiler, with a pretty darn good blue-black exploit deck. I wonder if he could go back if he would rather have Egg or Forebear. Because I wonder if Egg would have just been better in his deck. Well, Diver's Gob definitely would have been the best of the options in his deck, right? I guess so, yeah. I guess so with the... the... Well, let's let's get to it. So if he had taken Diver's Gob, I mean, he, he just finds his way into blue-black pretty handily. But like for not really... I don't know. He doesn't have any primo stuff. His like best removal spell is Grizzly Ritual. 
And as it often does for him, it just like comes together in pack three. <laughs> like he gets a bleed dry. He gets like a lantern bearer. He ends up with three wretched throngs and then pack three pick six mythic rare necro duality four mana enchantment. Whenever a non-token zombie enters the battlefield under your control, create a token. That's a copy of that creature. And you know, this almost makes it its way around the table. I think Alex is next, so he's the one who opened it and it whips around the table. And I think there was some sort of narrative of like, how do people how did people pass this? And it's just like, this is a hard card to make work in normal draft. I didn't even give it a second thought to Hayden team draft, did you? I gave it a second thought, but I assumed that I didn't even assume I was just praying that nobody could make it work or if somebody yeah. could, it, they were on our team. I knew I had passed three wretched throngs and that I saw none of them because I was hoping they were going to wheel. And after I passed mm. the first one and it didn't, I kept passing them. So I knew somebody had wretched throngs. And so I was a little worried about passing it. All right. Yeah, I, I did not occur to me. I, I forget what I even saw in the same pack. Maybe maybe there was something worth hating, but I was trying to not like not make those sort of like medium hate picks and just like take the card best for my deck unless it was apparent. But Necro Duality was incredibly potent for BK. He had a really sweet blue black zombies deck. He had good interaction. He had good synergy. He did have those three wretched throngs, lots of exploit. It was a strong deck. What do you think it feels like if you're BK and you see Necro Duality pack three, pick six? Literally the last new card you're going to see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like for him to be to run that hot and be that good, but it must feel great. He he made me a true believer of Undying Malice in the team draft. Like, I like that card, but I had never really considered it as a, you know, play it on the thing before you then sacrifice it get your ETB trigger, whatever. Your Throng comes back as a 3-2, or your Butler comes back as a 2-3, and you get the the mill again, whatever. Like, he just really, he made good work of that card. Well, and I will say, I played around it and was able to play around it because, you know, as we play the games, we have a Google Doc where we put all the cards we've seen. And if I didn't know that he had two times Undying Malice, he would have won his games easily against me because I just would have played into them and I would have made mistakes against his deck that can just grind and churn that mm-hmm. would have been unable to come back from the value he would have generated with that card. Yeah. He also looks like he had a pretty good, I don't have it in our uh, deck pick, but he had a pretty deep, I think, roster of sideboard cards because I'm seeing card, like I think he had counter magic that he brought in against me because I remember doing a lot of like, okay, do I like, do I play into this with this card or do I like try and pass and, you know, light his mana on fire or whatever. I, I, the games against BK I had were really, really tight. Yes, I also had some super tight games against BK. So we're halfway around the table and not really a lot, right? LSV ends up with basically mono white with green. I'm basically mono red with a little blue. BK's got his good blue black zombies deck. Uh, Let's see what goes on with Alex here. So pack one, pick one. He sees the following cards as options. Um, again, he's got a fairly weak set of commons. I'd say Falconrath Celebrants is the best of the bunch. At uncommon, he gets a real banger here in Alluring Suitor. That's the tuna red 2-3 vampire. When you attack with exactly two creatures, you transform it. It flips into a 3-3. When it transforms, you get to float two red mana for the rest of your turn. And it also has uh, an activated ability of double red. It and another target creature get plus one, plus zero oh until end of turn. He's got that Markov Waltzer there as well. That's the two red, white, one, three flying haste at the beginning of combat on your turn up to two target creatures you control. Each get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. And he opens one of the two Voldaren estates at the table. That's the rare land that makes blood tokens. Yeah, I think if you're Alex, best card in the pack is Alluring Suitor. And I think you take that here and you're pretty happy to be starting out with a great uncommon in the best color in the format. Yeah. So then pack one, pick two, he gets the pack with the other Voldaren estate as the rare. So nothing exciting there. This is where BK took the Storm Chaser Drake. So that means Alex is seeing both a braid and child of the pack as a follow up here. Yeah, and I think if you're Alex, Child of the Pack is a better card, but it's not enough better than a braid that you want to branch into a second color here. So I think if I were Alex, I would take a braid and feel great about starting off with red card, red card, and not passing anything great except gold uncommons. Yeah, and then pack one, pick three. This is my opening pack. So the Ballista Watcher makes its way to Alex after starting out with two really good red cards. And he's taking Ballista Watcher over basically nothing. I mean, we've talked about this pack a couple times already. Best commons are like Voldaren, Epicure, and Desperate Farmer. There's there's nothing to speak of here. Yeah, I mean, you feel like you've hit the jackpot. In a team draft, going Alluring Suitor into a Braid into Ballista Watcher is crazy. And this is where we see Alex reap the benefits of some of those 
spots early on in BK's draft where we might have made some slightly different decisions. Yeah. Now, pack one, pick four, I think is interesting. I think the best card in this pack is Traveling Minister. I think I feel pretty strongly about that. And I know if I feel like that, I know you do. Heck yeah. So the other thing to consider is he's got three red cards and there is a Hungry Ridge Wolf, two mana, two, two, as long as you control another wolf or werewolf, it gets plus one, plus oh, and has trample, whatever, you know, medium two drop. And there's a Lacerate Flesh, four and a red sorcery, deals four damage to target creature, create a number of blood tokens equal to the amount of excess damage dealt to that creature this way. And I think that's the consideration is stay red with Lacerate Flesh or take the best card in Traveling Minister. Yeah, I think personally, I love Traveling Minister. And I think Alex is set up to be a very good red-white aggressive deck if he wants to push down that route. So I like the Traveling Minister. You've also passed the Markov Walter. So maybe somebody else is putting together a red-white deck. You also know you passed the Markov Walter, I think, which has probably a real shot to wheel in team draft if nobody is red white to start so that could be another yeah. reason to hedge on the minister here see i think i would just take lacerate flesh it's not like it's good removal but it is removal and removal is scarce in team draft and it just doesn't dip him into a second color if he doesn't need to be i don't know it's it's close i can see the merits of both but maybe and maybe i'm just like too tunneled on my like get out of pack one in one color from a normal draft that that's not really applicable here but I think I would personally prefer the, the Lacerate Flesh here. So let me frame this another way for you to not in favor of Traveling Minister. If you're thinking about it as zero sum, right? I mean, Lacerate Flesh is a C. Traveling Minister's borderline B minus territory, I think. You're passing a much better card than you are picking, which is not ideal if your neighbor's white. I guess. But like, yeah, I, I, I am, I think just in general, certainly in compared to you, but I think in just compared to the world, I'm just lower on Traveling Minister. Like I'm not, I'm not Mike Sigrist levels of low on traveling minister, <laughs> but I am, I am not like, I think the card is fine. I don't think it's like game warping or busted or anything. And obviously neither is lacerate flesh, but there's a real benefit to just staying red here. I think that's fair. I would traveling minister myself. Pack one, pick five. Alex has the choice between blood petal celebrant to stay red versus a clear bleed dry. So this is that nutso pack that had Felstinger bleed dry. And when we saw it from my perspective, it had the uh, flame blessed bolt. So pretty easy bleed dry here. I feel like, yeah, you can't pass bleed dry. Well, yeah. And if you're Alex, you have to be wondering what the heck was in this pack, right? That right. four cards in a team draft have been taken over bleed dry. The rare is missing and one uncommon is missing. So two commons were taken over bleed dry. So you have to be thinking that you're going to be able to move into black if you're Alex here, because that means there's probably at most one other black drafter at the moment ahead of you. Yeah, that's really smart. I think that's totally true. And just like it just feels great. Yeah, seeing it pick five. Um, and those commons were Flame Bless Bolt and Sigarda's Imprisonment for LSV. And then it's not that hard. Like Alex, again, doesn't have a very difficult road ahead. He gets Reckless Impulse pick six out of the pack where I could have taken it. Instead, I took the Mythic Green seven drop. He gets a Blood Craze Socialite on the wheel pick seven, gets a Voldaren Estate pick eight, Appointed Discussion pick nine, another Blood Craze Socialite pick 10. I mean, even Blood Servitor pick 11. Like he's that's just like. That's good. Like they're all commons, but he's got removal. He's got two powerful uncommons with the suitor and the watcher. Like what a great start for him. Yeah. Getting those blood craze socialites late, you're just locking in red black. I don't think there's anything that moves you off that at this point. Yeah. He has a really tough choice. Pack two, pick one between Parasitic Grasp and Ballista Watcher at Uncommon. Parasitic Grasp is the cleave cost of three mana to deal three damage to a target creature. You gain three life or you can pay one and a black to target a human with it instead. That versus Ballista Watcher, that's really tough. Super difficult. I don't know what I would take if I were Alex. I think just based on curve and wanting removal in a team draft, I would take the removal spell, but it's a close pick. I don't know what's right there. Yeah, he does already have four four drops, right? He's got a Ballista Watcher, two Socialites, and a Bleed Dry. Yeah, then you got to take Grasp, right? That's a pretty strong consideration. And I think, again, zero sum removal. And it's it's similar on Rails, Flame Bless Bolt into Gluttonous Guest, into a couple Blood Petal Celebrants. Like I said, nothing crazy exciting from Alex, but really strong roster of commons and uncommons, a lot of good removal. And then we get to a couple of hate drafts here. Um, so he gets to pack three, pick four. And we want to point these out just because there's like so few times in the draft, I think, that any of us hated something. So far, I think we've only seen the Catilda, which wouldn't have even, you know, I wasn't even passing the LSV. But so here, pack three, pick four, 
no real red or black options for Alex. I guess he could take a courier bat, but I don't think he's got a lot of life gain. I think he's just got the one gluttonous guest at the moment. And so he's got the options between a Sigarda's Imprisonment or Dormant Grove. I think one of the best uncommons in the set, the three and a green enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if that creature has toughness six or greater, you transform Dormant Grove into a three, six with vigilance that gives all of your other creatures vigilance as well. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, so if you're Alex, you're trying to decide which card to hate here because you don't have a card that you can hate. If you look back at Alex's pack one, he didn't pass many good green cards at all. He also did not pass many good white cards at all. The white cards he did pass were a Heron of Hope pick four and a Resistance Squad pick five. So it's tough. I think there's no way to know what's right if you're Alex here. And I think if you're in the dark, my default would be to take the best card, which I think is Dormant Grove if you don't have a really strong read on what color your neighbor is. Um, mm-hmm. And this sort of decision has huge rippling effects, right? So Alex chose to take Sigarda's imprisonment here. And so that means that Marshall ended up with this Dormant Grove, and it was great in Marshall's deck and against me. And mm-hmm. I also don't end up with the Sigarda's imprisonment that would have probably made its way to me. So it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Alex had a read for whatever reason about uh, Marshall being in white, then this ends up looking great. Ends up being not so great, given that you ended up in white, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, Same spot here, but not really any sort of second card worth hating. In pack three, pick five, Alex takes a Fierce Retribution out of the pack. Again, no red or black cards for him as options, and Fierce Retribution is just the clear best card in the pack to take. So this pick I have no qualms with. Um, It's just sort of a bummer for our team. The previous pick, you know, slight nitpicky stuff here but there's not much to critique at this table uh so we got to get to the nitpicky stuff and when you look at alex's deck it's just a ton of removal pretty low creature count actually uh only 11 creatures um but he does have in terms of recursion he does have a an undying malice to sort of mess around uh and time pretty well but lots of really good removal and good threats and his blood crazed socialites plus wedding invitation did work in terms of just him being able to push a lot of damage yeah for sure all right let's dive into marshall's draft that's who alex was passing to pack one pick one you see the following cards as options at common there's two primo commons in traveling minister and lantern bearer that's the blue one one flying with disturbed two and a blue to give a creature plus one plus one and flying and then uncommons there's magma pummeler red red x enters the battlefield with x plus one plus one counters on it if damage will be dealt to magma pummeler while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, you prevent that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters from it and then whenever counters are removed from it it deals that much damage to any target there's also ancient lumberknot as the green black gold uncommon and the mythic rare cultivator colossus that's the green large dude that we saw floating around the table kind of a dud pack for marshall to be honest i mean i i would personally take lantern bearer here i am sure you would take traveling minister am i am i correct in that assumption you are correct in that assumption um and marshall landed on magma pummeler which is you know a little confusing to me i'm not a super fan of that card, but perhaps he just thought I want to get into the best color in red or has had different experiences with the card than us, but I have not liked Magma Pummeler myself. And it is clunky, but it is powerful and clunky, powerful cards are probably a little bit better in team draft, but I still think both Minister and Lantern Bearer are better pack one pick ones here. Yeah. Moving on to pack one pick two, see the following cards as options with the Magma Pummeler in your pile. There's Drogskull Infantry, one and a white for the 2-2 with Disturb, three and a white uh, to give a creature plus two, plus two. There's Falconrath Celebrants, four and a red for the 4-4 Menace, make two blood tokens. And then moving on to the uncommons, there's the Markov Walter we've seen, and then Magma Pummeler number two hanging out here. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, again, if we're taking a red card here, which I see no reason not to because this pack is fairly weak, I would be on Celebrants over Pummeler myself. But, you know, I'm going to assume that if Marshall thought it was good enough to first pick, he's going to think it's good enough to second pick. He does indeed and ends up starting the draft with two Magma Pummelers. So very solidly in red. Moving on to pack one, pick three, sees the following cards as options. There's no real commons in consideration. The best one is probably Blood Fountain. Um, And then moving on to the uncommons, there's a Runebound Wolf. One in red for the 2-2, and you can pay three in a red, tap, deal damage, equal to the number of wolves and werewolves you control to target player, as well as the Child of the Pack. Yeah, I mean, this Child of the Pack is head and shoulders above the rest of the cards in this pack, and keeps Marshall in red. And honestly, this is sort of just a, he doesn't look back. Like, he gets the Child of the Pack here, and just 
solidly ends up in red green in his seat, which is kind of weird because I felt like red was super open. Looks like Alex two seats down, got a lot of red cards. And now Marshall to his left got a lot of red cards. Yeah, I finally got the memo that red was not open. I was really worried (laughs) that a lot of people were trying to draft red while I was drafting. But yeah, it feels great for Marshall. And his draft is pretty straightforward. And he doesn't pass a lot of good stuff after that. I mean, he gets pick four of Eldar and Epicure as arguably one of the better cards, if not the best card in the pack. Pick five, Lacerate Flesh over a bunch of other mediocre commons. Blood Petal Celebrant pick six over Resistance Squad, which I think is a better card. But again, if you're Marshall, you're not branching into white here over a premium two drop in your colors. No. And other than the two Magma Pummeler picks, I mean, I, I don't particularly like red green as a deck, but I think Marshall ends up with the right deck for his seat and making the right picks. Like right is such a subjective term, but I agree with most of his picks throughout the rest of the draft. Yeah, other than Marshall's two first picks, I agree that I think he navigated the draft perfectly fine. Yeah, and he got, he got the Child of the Pack, Dormant Grove, a Ballista Watcher, a lot of Ballista Watchers at the table. I had two, Alex had one, Marshall had one. Yeah, a little red-green aggro deck that ended up going 2-1. All right, Ben, it's time for the most difficult pack one pick one in the history of team drafts. Yeah, this was a doozy. I had no idea what to do. So... Pack one, pick one to see the following cards as options. This is the stacked pack that has made its way around the table. There's Flame Blessed Bolt, Bleed Dry, Fell Stinger, Sigarda's Imprisonment, and the rare that we have not seen yet, which is what I ended up taking, is Overcharged Amalgam. It's two blue-blue for a 3-3 Flash Flyer with Exploit, and whenever it exploits a creature, counter-target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. Yeah, I just, I what I wrote in the show notes was, I don't even know what I'm supposed to take in a normal draft, and then the layers of team draft make it really tough. I think Zagarda's Imprisonment is out. But between the other four cards, I can really see merits to all of them. I honestly like, I don't know, I think I like taking the Amalgam or the Bolt here in a team draft because... You just can't hate a good black card. And it's so awkward. If you take Felstinger, then LSV probably takes Amalgam. And then what? I take Bleed Dry and now we're like both in each other's business. That's what I decided ultimately. I didn't say that out loud, but I was like struggling and I two things went through my head. One, Overcharged Amalgam seems like much like you were talking about with the green rare passing to BK. Overcharged <laughs> Amalgam seemed like it fits LSV's playstyle beautifully, despite knowing that they're a little lower on exploit. And I hadn't played with it, so I didn't know exactly how good it was. And I didn't want to punt by like having it end up be busted for LSV. So that plus what you said about, you know, not wanting to set up myself and potentially someone on our team in the same color. Whereas if I don't take either black card, I know either the Felstinger or the Bleed Dry makes its way to you if you want them. Right. Um, which I, I mean, both of them may make their way to me if I want them and I don't. I take the bolt here. Um, yeah, I think Amalgam's really powerful. It gets a little worse at team draft, right? Because once the first person sees it, they're definitely going to tell their other two teammates, hey, Ben has an Amalgam. And so, you know, they, however much you can play around it, like it can always be a four mana, three, three flyer end of turn. Um, but they do have that information. Um, I think I would have eventually made the same pick as you, but it's really hard. Yeah, I did not know it was right. Moving on to pack one, pick two. You see the following cards as options. There's Traveling Minister, which I would just like to note I did not take out of this pack. I know. The restraint here is is not to be overlooked. There's also Lantern Bearer, blue for the 1-1 flyer with Disturb 2 and a blue. And then the Ancient Lumberknot, that's the Green Black Gold Uncommon, and the Cultivator Colossus Mythic Green Rare. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have taken, as we saw when this pack was first presented to Marshall with the Magma Pummeler, I would have taken Lantern Bearer there. And certainly with Amalgam, like Lantern Bearer's bread and butter to set up the exploit there. Yes. Moving on to pack one, pick three, you see the following cards as options. There's Falconrath Celebrants, Drog Skull Infantry, and then the Markov Waltzer that we've seen floating around the table. I would shout out here, this is again the same thing of like the last rate flesh pick for Alex. I would shout out the only blue card in the pack, which is Cruel Witness, four mana, three, three flyer. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. This card is not great by any shakes, but like, is it that much worse than another card that you should dip into a second color? Uh, There were a couple things I was thinking about here. I thought there was a chance that if LSV had opened a good white card, that he had gone Sigarda's Imprisonment into Traveling Minister. Like, so I was already aware that somebody had seen Mm -hmm. two good white cards, whether it was LSV or someone else. But honestly, I figured LSV went 
black card into traveling minister. That's what I would have done, like not knowing what LSV's rare was. It was okay. black card into traveling minister. So what I try to do when I team draft, and I don't know if you're doing this as well, I'm trying to think what I think at least the next person is going to pick for the first, I don't know, three, four, five picks. I, I've so, tried to do that, and it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. So I did not do that this time. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's totally reasonable. So that is in the back of my mind here. I also mm-hmm. feel like Drogskull Infantry is in a pinch something fine to exploit because I still get the backside of the Disturb. Mm-hmm. So that was in my mind as well. So that feels better to take a two drop here rather than potentially branch into red for falcon rest celebrants and two four drops cruel witness i don't think it's quite good enough in my mind yeah it's not good enough i'm just i'm just wondering about like taking infantry as the first white card it does make sense if you put lsv on taking minister that you want to you know take infantry from him but then he still gets to take waltzer i don't know yeah all right so moving on to pack one pick four after going amalgam into bearer into infantry see the following cards as options there's Wretched Throng, one in a blue for the 2-1, that when it dies, you can search up other copies of itself. There's Blood Fountain, black for the artifact, when ETBs make a blood token, and you can tap it, sack it for three and a black to return two creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. And then Runebound Wolf, but not in red <laughs> at all. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's take a blue card here or take the best card, which is Blood Fountain. And I think early enough that it's worth taking Blood Fountain, you know, you just pass some good black cards. So you take it from someone. I, I like this pick and Blood Fountain I already like and I think probably gets even better in team draft. Yes. And then moving on to pack one, pick five, see the following cards as options. There's Wanderlight Spirit, Griff Rider, Desperate Farmer, Sigardian Paladin, bunch of medium cards. Yeah, nothing great. And you're not seeing any blue to follow up your rare with. I think the Desperate Farmer after taking the Blood Fountain is good. And I think, you know, there's a point of discussion in the pack as well, which I could even see being the pick and like being, again, like just raw card advantage or whatever is better in team draft. Um, But I I like the Farmer pick too. Yeah. And I was also assuming that the best cards I had passed up to that point were black and white cards plus the one Flame Blast Bolt. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on to pack one, pick six. You see the following cards as options. There's Kindly Ancestor, two and a white for the two, three lifelink with Disturb, one and a white. There's Heron of Hope, three and a white, two, three flying. If you gain life, you gain that much life plus one instead, and you can pay one and a white to give it lifelink. And a Blood Crazed Socialite. Yeah, I mean, it's if I were in your seat, I would have taken Socialite. It is good that you took Heron of Hope. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's tough, right? Because Socialite is totally reasonable given that i'm seeing black but i'm a little worried about the white that i've passed up to this point and i knew i passed traveling minister and we've seen that that sort of thing is potent if you can assemble it Mm -hmm. so i do take care of hope here and actually end up moving into white ahead of lsv which was super good for our team i think Yes, I agree. I agree. Like I said, it wasn't what I would do because like then pick seven, you're thrilled. I would be thrilled to see a second blood fountain. You end up taking resistance squad. You end up making it out of pack one fairly deep-ish into white. You get a heron blessed geist and a piercing light late in pack one. Right. And those blood crazed socialites that I saw and didn't pick end up making their way to Alex, which is also right. great for our team, right? Yes. No, your your decisions are great. I'm just, just pointing out that I would have made different ones and they would have ended up being wrong. Yeah, for sure. And then pack two, I open uh, an interesting pack. I think for me, there's not great cards. There's Screaming Swarm as the best blue card in the pack, which is a good card. Five and a blue, Mm -hmm. four, four flyer. I think we've at this point decided that that is, you know, borderline a reason to draft blue. Whenever Mm -hmm. you attack with one or more creatures, target player mills that many cards and you can put it back into your library by paying two and a blue. And then the rare is Howl Pack Piper. Three and a green for a two, two can't be countered. And you can pay one and a green, tap it to put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If it's a wolf or a werewolf, you untap Howl Pack Piper. Yeah, Howl Pack Piper is nuts. I don't know, like... The times when I've seen that in play for my opponent, they cast it and I feel like I have that turn to answer it. And if not, they go put a wolf into play, untap, put a wolf into play, untap, pass, flip it to knight and draw a card like the card is busted. Right. Yeah, it's very good. And I do know that Marshall likes red green from limited resources. And I didn't see a lot of red and green, right? I'm moving into Esper colors. So ultimately, I decided that if there was a chance Marshall was green and werewolves, that it was better to hate it than it was for me to have a screaming swarm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that screaming swarm actually ended up making its way to me pick five. And I ended up running it main deck. Yeah, which is awesome. And Marshall not having Howl Pack Piper, which would have been absurd in his deck. Yeah, that would have been the best card in his deck by a 
long shot. Yeah. And then I kind of bobbed and weaved the rest of the way. It wasn't a while into the draft until I really settled into blue-white. Really, ultimately, it was pack three. And I still probably had the option to maybe splash some black cards, but my mana base would have been, I think, a train wreck. So biggest flaw with my deck was that I didn't end up with any interaction at all, really, if you look at my deck. So like I have some counter magic, but once something hits the battlefield, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for me to deal with it. I just want to say like how good you moving into white was for our team. Like LSD still went 2-1, but like you took a quartermaster, pack three, pick one. You get back-to-back ministers, pack three, pick three, pack three, pick four. That like, I mean, he gets what? He gets a kindly ancestor and then he gets a Thalia, but like the ministers would have been so much better for his deck. Yes, 100%. I mean, I I think I drafted really well. Unfortunately, gameplay, not the tightest on my part. And I think I actually ended up losing this for us in gameplay. Yeah, you said you wanted a, a few minutes to atone for your gameplay sins. I do want a few minutes to atone for my gameplay sins. So if you haven't watched these, I would encourage you to go back and watch them. I think the games were all awesome. In my game one against Marshall, um, it was just like a series of bad events and all of my matches went one, two, and all of them had decisions. I think that other than my match with LSV that could have swung them. So Marshall game one, I accidentally pass with a counter spell up into his werewolf after he's mulligan to six. He had the two, three werewolf that uh, when it flips taps to add two man of any color. And so I didn't realize that was going to flip, which was not the world's biggest sin. But then I got whammied by the fact that you know it's just all these decisions in team draft so alex passed that dormant grove and then marshall cast dormant grove into me holding up counter magic so like i just burned my mana siphon essence specifically i assume yes. right siphon yeah. essence specifically yeah and so couldn't do anything there and then was just a little behind and i still think i could have maybe edged the game out but i was stuck on lands and just needed to draw land to be able to hold up interaction plus stick um a disturb thing on one of my creatures but i just didn't have the mana to do it and then marshall did have the removal spell when i went for it but just a a boneheaded punt on my part to pass into the werewolf and then get punished by the dormant grove so i think if i had played differently in game one against marshall could have taken that game from him potentially and then against bk i just missed a traveling minister activation one turn to gain one life and that one life would have been the difference for me to not be dead exactly on bk's crackback and would have let me i think win a game against him so sloppy play uh on two of those matches and then the uh, one that the whole world saw which didn't actually matter that much yeah um, i was playing against lsv and in game three uh he had the chainsaw on a lifelinker so giant lifelinking creature that I just could never beat and never race. Like I knew that I literally had zero outs to it. And I was trying very hard to not just concede because <laughs> it was the team draft, you know? Right. Um, and I was just, my whole brain was like, how can I ever possibly get around this and race it, whatever. Um, and LSB had an unopposed Torrens as well. So he made a swing and I accidentally just let myself take lethal <laughs> while I was assigning blocks when I had an extra blocker free. But that one didn't matter. That was the most egregious looking punt, but it didn't matter because I didn't actually have any outs to win that game. I don't think even if I block correctly there, I'm never racing the giant lifelinker. Yeah, I was watching that match and you, I mean, there's just no world where you can win that game at the end there, I don't think. Um, but but yeah, it's that's different, right? If I get one or two removal spells in pack three, yes. like all yeah. these small decisions in team draft end up mattering. Yeah, it's really, really hard. I, I will say, I mean, like you know, we lost, we're now down five to two. So it looks bad for, for team Lords and Cord. But if you look at the games, we're pretty close. And these games specifically, this I think was the best showdown yet like coming down to match nine game three it's like the best tv and that's what we're doing it for right is is for like there's no no stakes really um we're just doing it on our own time and it's just really fun to do and you know hopefully they'll keep wanting to do it we got to win one of these again sometime i think to keep them interested but i think lsv marshall and bk are happy to keep coming back uh set after set heck yeah they are a blast to play in and i will say i think our team won the draft and I think the games were just super close. I'm kind of kicking myself, but so much fun to compete. And I, I don't mind losing and being the reason that we lost. I don't know. I played a lot of team sports when I was a kid. So like, I'm mm. fine internalizing it all. And I would rather it be me than someone else if somebody's going to blow it on our team. You know? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You you want to take the, the brunt of that responsibility? I do. I mean, I would much rather. I feel better that knowing that it was me and that I have the ability to improve and be better for our team. And I even caught myself making some of the same. I just got to play better. I'm such a sloppy magic player. (laughs) 
Yeah, you are you were you were yelling at yourself a little bit on stream the other day. Yeah. All right. Well, we got we got New Year's coming up. Maybe maybe a resolution is in order here for some some tight play. I would like to say that I'm going to commit to being a better magic player, but I just don't know that I have it in me. Like, I think the problem is it's much like somebody that wants to lose weight or something. Like, I am just comfortable with the level of magic player that I am, which is the ultimate problem. Maybe you can just turn it up slightly for the team draft. Then I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll I'll, I'll do I'll do better. All right. Yeah. Just, you know, hit, hit the gym right before then or whatever. Yeah. But super fun. And hopefully y'all enjoyed getting to follow along in the debrief. For sure. Great. Great place to wrap us up. Thank you as always to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases at the marketplace or signing up for CFB Pro, please use the code LOL when you check out to let them know we sent you there. You can check us out streaming. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter, and you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.